I see churches favour women. I'm Marion Wright, and this is Favourite Friends, the podcast that aims to build community by sharing the real-life stories of Christian women. This episode is part two of my conversation with Nikki Hamalainen. The last episode is still available in our feed, so if you haven't listened, make sure you scroll up and check it out. It was really good listening. This episode, amongst other things, we talk about the journey to plant IC Church in Adelaide. We talk about parenting in the midst of church life and the power of encouragement. So I won't delay any longer. Here's Nikki. Tell me about when God started talking to you about going to Adelaide. Mm. When was that? Going back. Um, well, I think we always kind of knew that Pastor Paul and Joe wanted to have a campus there one day. And I was like, mm. awesome. Awesome for that person who's going to go there one day. So you fun- never thought it no, would be you? not at all. There was never anything in your mind that was like, oh. No. Really? Nope. Nope. And so, um, yeah, like what's not to love about living in Brisbane? And, it's you know, pretty great. Got a beautiful church here and just great people and the boys are at a great school and um so you know things are just ticking nicely beautiful campus that we're looking after beautiful people just happy right um and then pastor joe had gone down to preach at another church down there and it's just a normal tuesday in the office and i said to her how was your time in adelaide and just thinking, you know, she'd be like, yeah, great, you know, moving on to the next thing. And she said, and she's such a brilliant preacher, but she was very humble. She goes, I didn't even preach a very good sermon. It's just about the Holy Spirit, super simple. Um, and it was like they'd never heard about the Holy Spirit before. And normally I wouldn't like be, you know, that's just like, oh, wow, that's not cool. But something just like panged in my heart and I say that even a word have I I'll I'll use that it. totally wrong I'll allow it totally incorrectly sorry Marion um <laughs> it's okay <laughs> gonna grade me um and I started like crying my little eyes out secretly in staff meeting just like couldn't hold it back and I don't know if this is dramatic but I at the time I was lecturing at the Bible College, the book of Nehemiah. So I kind of had my own little Nehemiah moment where Nehemiah says to um, his brother, how's, how's the people back home? And his, and his brother says, it's bad, it's not good. They're in ruins, destitute, it's just it's not good. And Nehemiah has this like, you know, months of weeping, goes and asks the king to release him and blah, 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 the story goes on. You should read it for yourself. Um and so I kind of like had this mini moment of like, oh, I really care. I really care about those people. And it kind of didn't make sense because I'm like, I really love, you know, where we're heading. You know, our South Camp is going to get a new facility soon. And, you know, I was all like kind of G'd up for that. Um, and so, I don't know, it just was like God at the right time just broke our hearts for that city again. And so, um, and I just really love our church and and I said it before the priority list I feel like is good and so I just felt like oh man I think Adelaide could do with a little bit of IC church and the things that we value 
And so it's kind of funny because, you know, we've gone back, we've been having, well, since February we started like weekly Sunday services and God's just kind of bringing together this beautiful mishmash team of some very, very talented, esteemed kind of people who have, we're just like, God, where are you bringing these people from? Like Dave and I just on Sunday afternoons just high-five and go, what? Like this is amazing what God's kind of doing. Um, so, yeah, we're just kind of looking back going, you know, what we're bringing to our city is just hopefully what I really felt when we moved out was just that breath of fresh air like, oh, God, I'm, I'm hearing you speak to me. I can feel your spirit. Um, you know, we're a long way from perfect and I think that's kind of okay because people were, were – we, people just keep saying to us, just feels really authentic and real and, um, you know, we can relate here and we feel safe here. And and I guess at the end of the day, all I want, you know, for our church is that they would just be hearing from God for themselves. I mean, um, so I guess that's just what we want to go for as a church as well. So – just a place where the spirit of God can speak to people because some of them haven't been in church for a long time or um yeah we're seeing all different people from all over the place who are coming so did you ever fight God on the move well a little bit like I I feel like you know it was not like a fight but like oh how's this gonna work like I guess a big one for me was my kids because you know, we served in the youth ministry and ran that for a bunch of years and there's always this wedge of me that's like, and I don't know if this is selfish or not, but I knew that, you know, we, we want to be part and, you know, serve God in, because there's another generation coming, you know, like that we have to kind of prepare a place so they can know God and encounter God. And so I'm like, well, you know, I've got a near teenage kid, you know, and and so we've got this great youth ministry in Brisbane that I'm like, he's going to get to go to youth and have all that great connection and stuff. And I'm like, God, we're going to plant a church with, like, nothing. Like, it's Dave me in a truck of stuff, you know. And so there was just a lot of unknown. And, um, and so I guess I really just had to leave it in God's hands and know that he loves my kids more than I love them um, and that in time – you know, he, he's going to get his own opportunity to encounter God like that. And so um, I guess that was probably a, a bit of a reservation or fear. But I think, I don't know, when you know the time's kind of right. And I just remember saying to Pastor are you sure this is the right time? And he's like, yes. And, you know, he's a man of faith. He hears from God and we've just learned to, you know, listen and go with it. You know what I mean? And so we really trust his leadership and, and the um have been so faithful and, and so good to us and so it's just been a bit of a wild ride but we're loving it it's so good mm. can I ask you about motherhood mm-hmm. do you feel like you have a parenting philosophy oh. I mean you have three boys I work with boys at the moment and I was telling you before about what I overhear yeah. when I work with said boys nasty stuff so just unnecessary <laughs> is what it is but I don't think it's easy to raise men in the world oh. that we are living in today. Mm. I don't, you know, I look at that and I yeah. think I, I genuinely don't know how I would. 
How do you approach raising godly men? Mm. Well, I guess a huge plus is they have a faithful dad who's married to his their mother. Like, that's like a total win. And that doesn't mean that if you don't have that, you can't win. But, I, I like, that's a real, you know, bonus, <laughs> real great um, start. So, I don't know, we're kind of making it up as we go. Like, let's not fake it. Like, it's... I say Max is my oldest and there's plenty of times I just say to him, I'm sorry, mate, you're the first one. So I'm just kind of figuring it out on you. And he's like, it's okay, mum. And, you know, he's fine with that. Um, So I don't know. All we know is to hand him back over to God. Like, you know, they're his. They're, yeah, they're his. They're his children. Um, And so we get to play our part and... um, you know, I I don't know, I don't read, you know, copious amounts of parenting books or anything, but I just think, um, like, there's one scripture that I kind of can never escape that I feel like is foundational for, for me uh, from Psalm 78, which, you know, talks about teaching your children God's work and God's word. And I feel like my job is to teach them God's word and they're also at a Christian school and they're at church so they learn the word of God but to also teach them God's work and so a, a big thing for us is to remind them and at, at an age appropriate time that you know where God's been at work before like I feel like if they understood some of you know our history and then their grandparents history and you know kind of how God's orchestrated or you know being faithful and and the the times that God's been at work they need to know that because they're going to have turbulent times and they need to have something that they can trust on and trust in and stand on and so um you know I I think for for us that's a big one you know they need to remember um you know the times God's been faithful where there was no money and God provided where you know my husband you know he was sick before we got married and and you know God looked after him when having open heart surgery you know there's all these seasons of our life that they don't really they went around for but that's their history and their lineage and so I remember when I was 17 at a youth camp and I felt God say to me um I'm going to shift my uh, like the lineage of my family Wow. and the heritage and so um so you know incredible. and I like I wasn't with Dave or you know I didn't know what that was going to look like but I just um you know I feel like they're a real blessing and you know I, I don't know what the future holds for them and no one can know but I I feel like as long as we um you know continually pray for them and bring them up in the house of God you know I feel like that's God's deal now you know like they're here they're experiencing God and serving the house of God and learning about him and it's you know I, I've got to kind of I, you could freak out all day like and then parents do they freak out about their kids and their future and I can't really live like that so there's just got to be a lot of trust in God I and always remember that I always remember seeing you with the kids mm. in a morning service and a night service mm. like they were there yeah always and mm. I think 
a lot of people probably will get freaked out. Like they're tired. We need to take them home. School tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. the other side of it is that they see the adventure firsthand. Totally, yeah. 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 And look, they're pastor's kids, so they, you know, they're at church. Their first one's at church and the last one's to leave it. And, um, you know, and I know a lot of pastor's kids haven't had easy rides and, and that kind of thing. And we've seen, we've had friends who have rejected God and, and angry at the church. And, and I think we've always just, um, you know, we want to make it a joy, you know, for them. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean they've got early mornings with us sometimes, but to keep it fun and, um, you know, to enjoy it because it's it's not going to be forever either. So, um, yeah, I don't really have a real strong philosophy though. To... I think there's one there. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, totally. Take them on the journey. It is on the journey. Yeah. They, do, they do come along with us and, and, you know, we never want them to resent that or anything, but I think it's a new generation as well where you know like I feel like there's some decent balance in their life you know we're not so sold out to doing a million other things that we neglect them or um you know they've still got time for their activities and things that they love to do as well so um you know yeah Yeah. I think one of the things you do have a philosophy on Mm. is encouragement Mm. And I love that about mm. you. I think it's like your superpower. Really? Yeah. Aww. I remember the sermon you preached years ago. I still remember what it was called. Oh, gosh. It was called A Salute to the Life Givers. Oh, do you remember that I sermon? I do, yeah. And I, it was a really, I still remember really? it. Really? It was a powerful sermon. And I think, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me why encouragement is your thing. I don't, I I think it should be everyone's thing because, man, there's so much, like, ripping us down and trying to discourage. I feel like there's so many discouraged Christians, discouraged girls who just, you know, it's not like they're hitting huge, huge life blows but just, like, a low-level discouragement that kind of just keeps you littered. Um, I don't know. I, I just think... Um, I don't know if there was... Um, I just always felt as a, a young person like why wouldn't you cheer somebody else on you know and it's not that hard to do um, so I, I think you know in that message I talk about how as a kid I like wanted to be like a cheerleader for like the local AFL team like that was my dream um, and they didn't wear very modest clothing so my mum <laughs> was like no way <laughs> Um, but I think, I don't know, I, I just feel like it doesn't take a whole lot to do um, and there's just tons of power in it, you know, like the number of times, <clears throat> I remember as a, a young leader, I was must have been about 18 in the youth group and I would go to youth with like my pocket full of like encouragement notes, you know, it was just like my only little way to like do it. I'm like, I need to, so I need to like share because I think, you know, you you do people bully themselves they like hard on themselves and I think sometimes just to have another outside perspective of you know and that those words of life are powerful you know the bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and so if you've got a tongue let's use it for the right stuff that doesn't mean like man I've plenty of times spoken many discouraging things to other people or myself I'm sure but you know I think 
um, my heart is to um, to bring encouragement and to cheer on because I think people go further when they're they're being cheered you know what I mean yeah I think that's something as a collective women are still kind of getting their heads around Mm -hmm. you know we I don't know like encouragement should be our default we're still probably not that Mm. good at it Mm. sometimes Mm -hmm. and yeah I I think you're right those words of encouragement stick with you don't they yeah because you remember them don't you absolutely like yeah I remember hearing like some kind of silly stat like you know with your children like it's for every one harsh word it's like you need to say 10 to kind of make up for it to wow. kind of override it. Yeah, wow. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's a lot, isn't it? And so, um, you know, I, I think, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to cost that much. No, it doesn't. Um, You're right. So. Time sometimes. Time, yeah. Yeah. And just to be able to be a bit self-aware and not like needy Nelly, you know. You know, the Bible's... The, Possible says if your gift is encouragement, then you should encourage. So, like, being disobedient if I'm not doing that, you know? So. But it's, I think there's something in being able to encourage yourself as well. Totally. You know, we wait for mm. other people and mm. we think that that's the thing that's going to revive us yeah. or give us something to hold on to. Yeah. But I think there's also, yeah, I think there's power in being able to use that gift for you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and your family. and Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How, this is, I'm going to read the question that I wrote. Do it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> because I think the way I phrased it is hilarious. Oh. And so I'd love to hear your response. The question is, how do you work full-time? You're teaching at the moment. You're teaching mm. full-time. How do you work full-time, raise a family, and plant a church without dying? And then in brackets, I've said life hacks, please. <laughs> Parentheses, life hacks, please. Oh, look, my house is probably really suffering because of those things at the moment. Um, look, everyone's getting fed and the clothes are washed. Um, but, you know, there's a solid laundry pile. Um, uh, working, teaching full time is, is a season at the moment. That's not a forever thing. Um but I think God just kind of graces that moment and, and the, like I never thought we could plant anything. Like I never thought we, you know, kind of had it in us to plant because I'm like that is hard yards. Before we moved to Brisbane, um, a guy called Mikey planted the youth ministry with Paul and Joe and I'm always so grateful for the, that season that preceded us because um, in, I was like that's hard yards. Like, that's hard work. And so, to me, like, planting was like, whoa, that's like... And it is. It's it's a hard... It's hard work and it's a, a you know, a season of, like, you know, great vulnerability and great, um, you know, it's like a whole new skill set, really, than taking on something established, I think. But um, because of the season we're in we're you know it's one service so we're we're just running one Sunday service um we get to like I catch up with people you know where and when I can um and so we kind of just adjust life to to fit kind of the season we're in so um 
I don't know. I think I don't have babies at the moment, so all the children are at school, and um, I work where they go to school, and so I feel like I get to see them, you know, there at recess and lunchtime, and um, so that kind of thing is kind of you know killing two birds with one stone in some ways. But um, look, I I think God just knows the load that you can carry at the time, and it is like I think Dave and I do carry together. You know, um, it's the whole one can put. 1,000 to fight, 2 put 10, and I think we together we kind of can carry more. But I think it's also just a season of, like, um, really trusting that God's bringing the right people in our path and to release things, um, you know, for the team. What I've kind of noticed in planning a church is, like, I'm so aware of, like, how God was kind of orchestrating stuff for us and, and our journey, and I didn't really, like kind of clue into the fact that maybe God was like orchestrating things with other people, other couples in other, you know, in Adelaide ready, you know, preparing for, for what we're kind of doing. And so, you know, we've got some incredible people who are carrying, you know, the load with us. And so, um, you know, I think for, for us, it's just a lot of teamwork. And I think we are, we do think in team a lot. Um, We try not to carry everything ourselves all the time but um you know to release responsibility to other people so um life hacks also uh there's a place near my house called pasta deli and they produce exceptional pasta and we just you know go there a lot for dinner because i Excellent. feel like i'm not cooking much at all yeah. like i can prepare a good green salad yeah and um i'm just buying a lot of dinners delicious so that's really how we're coping at the moment Look, we're so excited that you listen to Favourite Friends, but you know what? We have many more exciting things attached to our favourite brand, and one of them is you can actually head to our store, uh, which is a place you can find all our gorgeous favourite things. And if you head to icchurch.com, you'll find our store right there. We have candles, we have T-shirts, we have a tote bag, but we also have our favourite magazine, new editions coming out every March and October, so make sure you head to the store and see what what we've got available. I have often in my life felt very confused about the concept of a calling. Mm. And um, a lot of people have said to me, oh, you're a teacher, your call is to teach. Mm. And I've always thought, oh, I just think it's a bit bigger than that, you know. Mm. And I, um, or maybe not bigger than that, maybe just different, mm. different to how I've maybe sort of itemized it right. in my head. Mm. And I think, you know, you're like you said, you're in the season now where you are teaching full time. Mm. It is not a forever season and you have come in and out of it. Mm. You know, you were teaching for a mm-hmm. while and then you're on church staff for a while and you're lecturing at college for a while and it's been fluid. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know how you see calling in that mm. way. Have you ever felt torn between you know, my calling is to teach, then this is the thing that I've been put Mm. here to do. This is my Mm -hmm. life's work. Or do you see it as something that is a bit different to that? And have you ever felt torn, you know? Um, I guess like the whole idea of bivocational ministry is like a real thing and a lot of people are doing it. Tell me about that. What does that mean? That means, you know, kind of, you know, you might be running a church, but you're also running a business or... Um, you know, 
a dentist a couple of days a week or um, so I guess it I mean for me it in our situation might be a bit different because you know Dave's been the kind of consistent person on church staff full-time ministry but I, I've never really worried about a staff position being you calling like I however it's kind of looked like when I was on church staff I was like oh wow like I'm just doing the same kind of stuff but like in the office doing it not at home doing it and so I don't know I think for me it's always run very deep that you know God and God's house and ministry to people is is kind of the thing for me um and you know I, I teach and that complements that and um um, but I don't, you know, it's not like I want to be a headmaster of a school one day or anything. I really feel like the leadership I want to exercise is in ministry world rather than education. So um, I don't know. I, I feel like calling is, for me, is not um, a career. It's like, it's just people, called to people. Um, you know, uh, in Esther, it says that um, Esther, like a, uh, Mordecai, her cousin, says to um, Esther, um, you know, if you stay silent, um, relief and deliverance will rise up from somewhere else. And um, I just feel like our job, our purpose is to bring relief and deliverance, to bring freedom to people, whatever that looks like. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you can limit that to an occupation. I feel like you can do that wherever and whenever you know in, in whatever all ministry it's all ministry right. do you agree I think so I think I'm still I still get really caught up in the future yeah but sometimes I forget that there's purpose in what I'm doing right now absolutely and I think yeah I think I'm understanding more that calling is sometimes not just about what you're doing but also Mm. about who you're being Mm. to people Mm -hmm. yeah like today I had a really crap day with the kids right but then this girl had a bad day that I work with right and so Mm. I just kind of sat with her and at the end of Mm. it she said I just really feel like you understood me and I thought there it is that's it yeah cool you weren't even teaching thank you god yeah because in that day, brilliant, there was a bit of purpose, and I thought, right, that's because why it's I about was people. there. That's why I was there today. That was cool. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And so I think I'm. I suppose I'm understanding purpose and calling in a micro sense, not mm. more of a macro, which is the way I've always looked at it. Yeah. You know. Sure. And I don't know. I maybe that's just me. Growing up, mm. I don't know. I feel like older. I was. I was very like, I don't know, maybe it's ambition. Mm -hmm. I don't know, when I was a bit younger. Delusional is another word (laughs) we could use. Um, In your your busy life, how do you, where do you find moments for authentic God time? Mm. How do you do that? It's really tricky, but really important. I remember when I was like had little kids at home, like babies, it was like one verse on the fridge and that was like my devotions. It's like I'm just going to keep running on that. Like I, I'm not a 
one year read the Bible kind of person. Like, yeah, how do you, how do you devotional? <laughs> how do you, it's like, how do you, yeah, what's your, like, do you have. I, oh, look, it's a pretty um, uninspiring, fairly, you know, changeable um, situation. Sometimes I'll feel like God wants to speak to me about a particular theme, like anger or grace or you know and I'll kind of just do my own little study on that sometimes it's like a, a bible character just kind of struck my interest and I'm like I wonder what their life was like and just kind of study that myself and sometimes it's um you know like I'm just gonna sit in psalms for a while like it's not a, a it's a regular part of my life but it's not like a, I have a thorough system or follow yeah. anything particular okay um as a young person I used to read every day with Jesus which was like these little books that my mum would have and I'd get hers like her leftover ones and um just you know spend a moment um you know reading that and I was always blessed by those kind of words but um yeah I think I'm far less you know staunch about it than I maybe once was I think you know you kind of got to pick your times and the number of times you're like <clears throat> I'm going to get up early and you know this is my moment and I'm just you know it's quiet and you know then a kid comes out and it's it's like interrupts your time and so you kind of have to do that with a kid on your hip sometimes and that's cool you know like I'm just going to do it and I don't think God really cares as long as there's this constant kind of communication and so um I guess, you know, I love to have my own personal worship time. Um, that's not like a daily thing, though, but it's like um, just at home by myself. Um, but, you know, as long as there's a Bible around and, and a journal, it's like, it's good. Do you know what I mean? I'm not like a hard and fast soap person, scripture, blah, 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 you know, application part. I I just kind of, I'm a bit more free form than that, so... I am too, but it took me a really long time to be comfortable with mm. it because I think I, yeah, I always envisioned that my devotional life should look a certain yeah. way. And then, yeah. yeah, I remember lots of mornings in the car driving yeah. to work and saying to God, I'm so sorry, God, yeah. I meant to get up yeah. this morning. And you feel and, all that shame and stuff. Yes. The times I've felt God speak to me the most, right, is when I'm vacuuming. Yeah. It's like my brain's kind of numb to whatever else is going on. And I honestly would feel, and maybe it's because he wanted me to clean my house more. I don't know. <laughs> but I I just would always just have this, like, kind of clarity when I'm, like, just doing other stuff. Not, you know, the to-do list is always massive and there's always, like, a, a tick box to do. But it's, like, just those moments of, like, softness and, and where God can just kind of speak to you when nothing else is kind of really pushing you. And so... Um, yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. You know, I think all those tools are really important to kind of give you some direction, but I think you've got to make it what works for you, you know. Yeah. And I think prayer is almost like a daily, like a, a constant yeah. thing, you know, like and it's, it kind of never escapes you. If it's just like, I don't know, I always feel like if it's like this half an hour box, you know, at some point of the day, which you need, you need to have moments of that, but I think... God wants to speak to me outside of those 30 minutes too, you know, mm. like I, I want to have a constant connection with him. So, yeah. Oswald Chambers, mm. who 
Brilliant. I think I read because of you. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like I always knew he was around, but then you were always like quoting him and stuff. <laughs> Banging and on like, about like, Chambers. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into Oswald Chambers. Oh, and I, I love did. that. You'll be pleased to know. Oh, good. And he says that prayer should be like breathing, mm, right? So good. Isn't it? Yeah. You you've worked with women for a really long time. Mm. You were a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. You um mentored lots of young women I'd like to consider myself one of them oh really and and I think not always from close mm. sometimes from afar and I think mentoring happens that way totally as well. it happens to me like that all the yeah. time yeah mm-hmm. and so what I wanted to know from you is is there is there a hope and a prayer that you have for the women that you work with and um get to minister to it's almost like what do you want women to know that they have hmm. that maybe we're just not picking up? Tapping into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we spoke about love of God and I think, you know, we can you can live a life without really getting that, you know? Yeah. You can go a long time not really understanding that. And I'm sure when I'm like 60, I'm going to be like, oh, when I was 37, I had no idea. Like I know God even, you know, I think it's like one of those awesome never ending searches, you know, where God keeps kind of revealing himself more and more to you. So I don't know. I think women who know that they're loved is, you know, that changes everything, shifts everything. Um, I always hope that people understand that God's faithful, you know, as a kid, I learned early on, that when people are not faithful, God is always faithful. Like it was just, like I feel like you, you could hit me with a thousand theological questions and I would not know many of, not know any strong answers, but I know the faithfulness of God. I've seen it and I've experienced it. And so for people to have, to know that, that he can be trusted and rely, rely relied on, that he's good, you know, I think some people just kind of, always have that fear you know I wonder if you would God I wonder I wonder so I guess I hope that for women I hope I really hope that girls can see what they've got and to bring it to the world and I, I this is what I do love about you know Pastor Joe's ministry amongst our women this you know pass it on um heartbeat is so powerful because how often do we just kind of want to hoard stuff to ourselves and keep things to ourselves? But there's so much blessing in bringing something else to other people and to to give and to be generous and so. And sometimes we do that to an extent, like we can give, you know, to a level. But you know, lives that are really outward towards other people, I think sometimes you know, Western twenty first century living is very self sufficient and insular and I can as long as I'm looked after first. And so um, I guess one of my prayers for our women of our church is that we would get really good at looking out and to, um, you know, extending to other people, not just trying to satisfy our own selves. Is that enough stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That was really good. Because that's, yeah, I I do hope those things for our... That's what I'm praying for for the women of our church in in Adelaide, you know, that they would um, 
in a consumer culture that just wants to you know satisfy itself that we would have women who are generous and outward focused and loving and hospitable and um you know all that good stuff I wrote this in your card when you moved to Adelaide oh that was a good card (laughs) I ran out of room had so much to say (laughs) squeezed all the writing in at the end um but David Brooks he writes in his book The Road to Character that um, the words aren't the message. Mm-hmm. The person and the life of the person is the message. And I think that that is very true of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that you live that has been more powerful than anything, in addition to the many, many words you've spoken <laughs> over me and other women and I can 100% say that I am here because of your investment and the investment of Pastor Joe and Pastor Robin Mm. and the fact that you have given your lives completely to something. Mm. It's not lost, Mm, you know. And, um, yeah, I I think it's quite a reward for what you've done and, I like to think I'm part of it. Totally. Yeah. That's super, super kind. And it's not lost if, like, I just think I I'm only can do what I can do because I had people pour into me. So then it's like, well, of course, that's what my life, part of my life's ambition is, is to pour into other people. But the responsibility lies then on the next generation, you know, and so you find your way to do that. You, you podcast for the world, you know, or you, you know, we write a magazine together, which is great fun and, uh, you know, um, you know, but to pass it on, like, that's what it is. It can't stop here, you know, it has to, we have to keep investing in other people. Thank you so much for listening. Why don't you think about spreading the favorite friend's love and share this episode with someone you know? I also wanted to give you a heads up about our next episode. We are going to have Pastor Joe Geeling here with us talking about the new favorite magazine, which is going to launch at our Encounter Conference in less than a week's time. It's going to be exciting stuff, so tune in. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the theme of the magazine and what you can get out of it it'll be great until then make sure you subscribe to us in apple Podcasts or itunes or wherever you get your podcasts from and visit icchurch.com or favor.women on instagram for more information about us and i will see you next time bye